visit patreon.com slash sword and laser. Sword and Laser hopes you will enjoy this program. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. You seem unsure. No, I'm sure about me. You seem unsure about me. Am I who I truly say I am? You're more than Veronica Belmont. That's what I'm. <laughs> I'm an arachnid. <laughs> anyway, Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. I was making a baby joke and you turned it into a spider thing. That was well, awesome. I, no, the spider thing is the baby joke. Wait, how does that work? Because I have eight arms and legs. Oh my gosh, you're right. You are Spider Belmont. (gasps) I'm Spider Belmont. (laughs) Wait, why did we ever call me Spider Belmont? I don't remember. I don't know. It was an appearance on Night Attack. It was a Photoshop of you as a spider. I don't remember the origination. Oh my gosh. What was, why was I Spider Belmont? I've been Someone so many different Belmonts throughout the years. I can't keep them straight anymore. You do have to tell Brian and Justin that you are, in fact, actually Spider Belmont now. Do you think they'll remember? Oh, they'll definitely remember. Yeah, <laughs> They probably remember why, not just, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put this call out to anyone in the Bay Area who's willing to come pick it up. But I have, no, I'm not going to give it away. Never mind. What were you about to give away? I have the poster from Con of the Dragon 2. From the Sword and Laser set. Dragon Con, Con of the Dragon too. Yeah. yeah. And it's framed and mountable and everything oh, and ready to nice. go. And I just don't have anywhere to put it now. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be less Put it above the baby's bed. Kind of so can stare at your <laughs> face every day when they wake up. Yeah, don't do that. That's a really bad idea. <laughs> it's more Brian and Justin I'm worried about. Less you. Mm. Nice of you to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm just going to put it in a poster roll and keep it, I guess, in a smaller yes, capacity. Yeah, I, I never framed mine, so mine's already in a poster roll. I have a bunch of stuff to send you to. Hmm, can't wait. So I'll be putting I'm sure, it in. A, I'm sure you're excited to receive a bunch of junk from my house. Uh, anyway. It's, it's going to be not even stuff that's mine. It's just going to be like, you know, uh, old old papers from CNET. And oh, like my God. Can you imagine? No, actually, there's some really good. you don't need anymore. There's some original artwork of you oh. um, as Ace Detect, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I know. And there's, there's a bunch of sword and laser stickers and lanyards. Oh, okay. I know. You're oh yeah. Probably less excited I've got, about I've that. I've actually got but. those in a in an organized way, so I can just add the stickers and the lanyards to the existing cache of stickers. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You have a setup that makes me very happy to hear. Yeah. All right. Well, let's enough about us. Let's <laughs> jump into the quick burns. All right, we were doing a show. Uh, Trike posted that Neil Gaiman posted on Twitter uh, that shooting for Netflix's adaptation of Sandman starts in three weeks, plague permitting. Uh, So just before Halloween, apparently, they will start shooting Sandman on Netflix. That's exciting. So really, they're going to start. I guess a lot of different productions have gone back to set. So it sounds like. Seems like people have things under control in terms They've of... they figured out the new protocols and testing yes. and all that. Yeah. That's good. Uh, exciting. The uh, the image that was accompanied the tweet says, Location, 
Exterior. The Space Between Universes. Fawny Rig. Driveway. I don't get it. I don't, well, Space Between Universes, I get. That's a Sandman Funny. thing. Rig you know, I've never, I've never read Sandman. I'm sorry. That yeah. was probably meaningful to people who have read Sandman. Exactly. What you do in that situation is just go, cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, hey, though. Um, talking about Neil Gaiman and TV made me think of Good Omens, which made me think of David Tennant, which made me think that David Tennant is going to be speaking at Adobe Max this year. Oh, wow. That was a long about. way to go to plug your current job. Thanks. But also but it's true. Cool. I'm excited. I'm, oh, I was going to say, are you going to get to meet him? But it's probably no. all virtual, right? It's all virtual. Oh, man. No. He's still even cool. in the track that I'm hosting, like the social media. Like, no, he's not. No, he's not. But my friend Ben is interviewing him, but I don't get to interview him, mm. sadly. That oh, happens well. to my wife. She's often interviewing famous people on her computer in the next room, except she's not interviewing if she's just monitoring the person who does interview them for Rotten Aww. Tomatoes. She's producing. So I'll walk by and I'll see famous person on her screen. I'll be like, get all excited. And I'm like, oh, she's not talking to him. Like it's, who? Who? Tell me. Tell me one. Well, me one. I'm trying to think. Like uh, they had. Now I'm blanking. I'm blanking <laughs> on all of the people that I'm they I'm sure there to. were good famous people. Tom. Like the entire, right. the entire cast of Cursed. Oh, okay. The Netflix show. That was that was one that I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Keanu Reeves. Oh, get out. He's also going to be at Max. It was a junket for Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I dropped a name. Sorry. It's right there. Well, but you didn't. You didn't. Are you talking about your wife or Keanu Reeves? Because you didn't interview <laughs> yes, or meet wife. Keanu Reeves. I dropped, dropping names like Eileen Rivera. Yeah. Producer for Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I know her. Uh, Jan says Tor Books has announced a new epic science fiction trilogy from queer non-binary writer Neon Yang. The Null Void Chronicles will be a retelling of the story of Joan of Arc with a quote space opera giant robot twist. Oh my god, that sounds first, amazing. I know. The first novel, The Genesis of Misery, is planned for publication in 2022, so we still have some time. Uh, Yang, who uses the pronouns they, them, has won the 2018 Hugo Award for Best Novella for their novel Black Tides of Heaven, and Tor acquired the global English language rights for the new trilogy. That, I mean, you had me at Joan of Arc with the space opera giant robot twist. Uh, first novel, 2022. All right, let's make it to 2022 so I can read that. <sighs> That is so far away. <laughs> uh, back to Trike, uh, who's who's apparently on our uh, TV production based on Books Beat. Uh, Amazon has resumed production on the Lord of the Rings prequels as well. So very excited uh, for to see what they come up with there. And they're back and making them. Nice. Excellent. And then Mark says coming uh, to December 2020. That's the uh, the that would be the British and or European way of noting the 2nd of December 2020. Or that would be the all the rest of the world except for the U.S. way. The non-American centric mm-hmm. view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. Um, anyway, coming December 2nd, 2020, <laughs> the first issue of a four issue comic miniseries, The Expanse, set between season four and the upcoming fifth season of the television series. It's going to be written by Karina Bechko with art by Alejandro Aragon. So if you, like me, are somewhat melancholy about the idea that the the next Expanse book will be the last in the series, uh, it's nice to know there's, there's not only the television show, of course, but even ancillary uh, content to the television show to give us mm-hmm. like an alternate universe take on The Expanse. I'm very excited about that. Very cool. 
Uh, Mark also noted that publishers are worrying as ebooks fly off libraries' virtual shelves, according to an article on The Wired. Uh, Wired.com subtitle Checkouts of digital books from a popular service are up 52% since March. Publishers say their easy availability hurts sales. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so this is because we're all locked in and people are using uh, their digital services to check out more books. And that's causing a little panic of like, but if people just check out books, they won't buy books anymore. And thankfully, I love this. Rick gave us some analysis in the Quick Burns thread uh, that I thought was very good. Uh, Rick said, ebooks are not lost sales for publishers. They are not free books. Note this from the Wired article. Libraries typically pay between $20 and $65 per copy, Ooh. an industry average of $40, according to one recent survey, compared with the $15 that an individual might pay to buy the same ebook online. Back to Rick. So the publisher makes money from the ebook sale to the library, and the libraries do not get unlimited downloads for that price. In fact, if you've ever checked out really? an ebook, you know sometimes it'll be unavailable. You have to wait till one of the copies oh, they're allowed okay. to circulate is turned back in. Also, library loans can act as loss leaders, like the discounts publishers do where a book goes on sale for one or two dollars. Both are ways to get me to try an author with no real risk. What publishers aren't seeing, because it's hard to measure, are the follow-on sales where someone reads a book via the library, then buys other books by that author. Finally, the reason I grab a library book versus buying it is often price. If I know that I'll like a book, I'll buy it for $14. But if not, I'm going to check it out of the library. If ebook loans disappeared, that doesn't translate into a purchase from me, not at $14. Instead, I might just skip the book altogether. And if it's a new author to me, that means I might never read that author. That's a super interesting perspective. I like that yeah. qualitative data. Yeah, that's that's interesting to me. Um, and I, I kind of got surprised in the middle there because so library books are not unlimited, meaning... They have a certain number of quote unquote books that they can lend out at any given time. Yeah. So potentially a library could purchase for potentially between $20 and $65 per copy, two copies of one book that could be concurrently rented mm. at the same time, potentially. I, or that's a really good never question. Do that? You, I think the way it usually works, and I, I, I don't know this for sure. I, what I do, here's what I do know. I know that, uh, if a book is listed in a library, uh, it, it on, they only have the right to loan it out to a certain number of patrons at a time. Okay, so there are so, concurrent. So if I go and say, rentals. like, I would like to to check out this ebook, sometimes it'll say, oh, it's unavailable. Uh, would you like to join the waitlist for when it becomes available? And that just means like when someone turn, you have to return your ebooks uh, yes. from the library. Usually they auto return when you're done reading them. Uh, you have to wait for that to happen so that they can open it up. So the license only allows them to loan out a certain number of editions of that ebook at a time. I, I don't know how the pricing works on the other end. Like, can you, do you just pay for more licenses? I'm sure they don't buy extra copies. I imagine it's just like, oh, if I pay this much, mm -hmm. I can loan it out to five people at a time. If I pay this much, it's 10. Uh, any librarians in the audience, and I know you're out there, uh, who can clarify that, please let us know. Feedback at swordandlaser.com. Yes, I'd be very, very interested to know what the actual process looks like there. Yeah, from the other side. 
Yeah. And of course, the the app that they're talking about in this uh, article primarily is Libby, which is a very popular mm. uh, subscription or download service for ebooks uh, using uh, typically OverDrive as the as the source for for content. Yeah. And, and I think the same applies to other. We don't use Libby for the L.A. public library, but now I can't find my can't find my app. Where's my app? Where'd it go? I always forget the name of it. I just know it's blue. I thought mine was, I think we are using Libby in, in San Francisco. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Were you trying to make it clearer that it was sword? I'm not sure. I, I go mm. back and forth. Sometimes I try to make it clearer and other times I'm like, Bear Your Sword. Barrier Sword. Barrier uh, hey, sword. Tam Ahome, uh tweeted us that Brandon Sanderson's Spotify playlists are available at open.spotify.com slash user slash Mistborn1. That's his username. It's awesome. I know. I love it. So we've got the Skyward writing playlist, um, which has a lot of musicians i don't know i'm very curious to hear what type of music this is um we'll link to it so you can go ahead and listen um but there's a couple of big playlists on here the other one is the stormlight 3 soundtrack yeah which i think is super cool and so there's there's a lot of um in this one it looks like there's a lot of instrumental like there's things from um the avengers uh soundtrack there's some pretty cool stuff on here. So check those out if you want something to ooh, stuff from Halo. Mm. I like that. Stuff from Divergent, the film series. Um, so check this out if you like to see what what authors are jamming to while they're writing or music that they feel goes well with their books. Um, there's a lot of, of authors who are posting these. So I think it's pretty, pretty fun. Drake posted on Twitter. <laughs> Drake has been funny lately. Uh, Turtle is my totem is his username. Um, he says, listening to older podcast episodes, was listening to episode 105 and couldn't help but laugh when, about 30 minutes in, Veronica yelled, I'm being attacked by ants. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do I? So this was back when I was living on um, 14th Street in San Francisco. And so this was... It was, that was the last place I lived, so not not too terribly long ago, probably seven or eight years ago. And um, my office, I don't know if you remember my office there. It was a very small room that was, like, very narrow but kind of long. And I had, yeah, like, the Metroid yeah. stickers on the back wall. Uh-huh. Yep. And um, my desk was right in the window, so there was, like, a big window in front of me, which was great for light, um, but also apparently a great entrance for ants. And so one day I was at my desk and I looked down and my feet were swarmed with ants. Oh my gosh. I don't remember that. Wow. You don't, and I lost my mind and I must've been recording the episode when I first discovered them. Mm-hmm. And I just got, I, I didn't like to use tarot cause it's very chemically dangerous, but holy moly, it is effective against mm-hmm. ants indoors. I do um, remember that. I remember us talking about tarot because yeah. I know about tarot because my dad used it for on ants when I was young. Uh, I use diatomaceous earth. I hear that works. And also it cinnamon works. apparently works. Really? Cinnamon. Interesting. Yeah. My aunt mm-hmm. told me about cinnamon. Um, so yeah, that, that brought back some horrifying memories. Thank you, Drake. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cheryl wrote in, uh, trying to find the name of a book. Uh, Cheryl writes many years ago, I read a science fiction book 
about a time when humanity was divided into people who lived in towers in isolation and people who lived a primitive existence in the forest. They had no contact. Mm. The book, as I remember it, was about how the two divided groups eventually came back together. I just can't remember the name of the book. I'd like to reread it. Do you know how I can find it or who I could ask? Thanks. Well, you have asked. You have asked. Audience. And we have asked them. The This is probably not the answer. The first thing that came to my mind was the time machine, though, with the Morlocks and the Eloi. But that's only a portion. And they didn't really live. The Eloi didn't really live in towers, per se. Hmm. But the Morlocks did live a primitive existence, but I think it was underground, not in the forest. So not sure. This it's is the also time very weirdly similar to the plot of Ursavus, which is my second NaNoWriMo novel. Did Cheryl read your NaNoWriMo novel? No, because mine's about <laughs> bears and the bears. All right. I forgot about the bears. <laughs> this is the, that was the bear one. I want, I loved that story. I want, I want that story out in the world. That was Never. a great story. I still will never, ever forgive myself. Free the bears. Acquiescing and sending <laughs> that book to Patrick Rothfuss to read. Um, he loved it. He didn't. I didn't. He never said he loved it. I think he loved the process of it. He think. Uh, I think it's why he has never been able to finish the third novel because he was like, "How am I ever going to beat that? It's so good." That's the world I want to live in. <laughs> That's the existence I'm going to make for myself. Okay. Uh, we also got an email from Robert who says, Hey, Tom and Veronica, I was just listening to one of my other favorite podcasts, Code Switch, an NPR pod focused on race, and they did a great episode called Battle of the Books about whether to read escapist literature or go full pandemic right now. If you haven't heard the episode, I suspect you will both enjoy it. They talked about two books that are at least sort adjacent, uh, Catherine House by Elizabeth Thomas and Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. And there's a shout out to Octavia Butler as well. I hope you have the chance to give it a listen. That's super fun. I would love to give that a listen. I always feel so bad when people recommend podcasts uh, for me to listen to because I almost never have any time to fit them in. But I will try, Robert, because it does sound like a really good recommendation. Yeah, I had um, I had a fun podcast person out in the world moment yesterday. I was in the car and I was listening to FM radio as one does. Mm. And I was listening to KQED, which is our local um, uh, NPR station. And guess who was on it? But Roman Mars promoting Mm. his new book. Oh, look at that. And I was like, wait a second. I recognize that voice. Where do I recognize that voice from? And I was like, oh, it's Roman Mars. That's cool. There you go. Cool. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for Barrier Sword. Um, Let's talk a little, a little bit about our book of the month uh, for October. No which spoilers. Is, no no spoilers. spoilers. Which is a Finder by Suzanne Palmer. And this was a Tom pick. Tom, tell tell us about uh, your kickoff thoughts for, for Finder. Yeah, not too much more to add uh, to what we talked about uh, last time uh, mm-hmm. when we let you know this was coming. Uh, but again, this was a uh, book inspired by a Goodreads thread uh, Trike and a, and a few others, I think Silvana, uh, recommended it. And I'm sorry. I thought when you said, it, you said it was a book inspired by a Goodreads thread. Oh, I, was like, I oh my gosh. Did she write Not this book based on? <laughs> Correct. That's a good, that's a fair clarification. Okay. Picking the book was inspired by the thread. 
not the actual writing of the novel by Suzanne Palmer. Uh, yeah, Silvana and Trike uh, both said it sounded good. A lot of other people said, uh, or they said it was good. And a lot of other people said it sounded good. Uh, it's about a repo man, con artist, thief named Fergus Ferguson, who needs to steal back a ship for the people who hired him since their ship got stolen from them. Uh, hmm. Suzanne Palmer herself is, I think, in a Venn diagram that quite nicely overlaps with you, Veronica. She is a Linux geek and Red Sox fan. Oh, Born near Boston, Massachusetts. I like her already. Uh, bachelor's degree of fine arts and sculpture from the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Oh, she's so we're Amherst both, uh, yeah, both li- yeah. liberal arts peeps. Right? I guess no, I, she's she's a fine arts peep. That's that's different. Uh, but but then also became uh, a Linux geek. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. started one direction, went another. I don't know. I'm seeing parallels. Uh, took up writing in 2001, uh, dabbled on and off for years, attended the Viable Paradise Writers Workshop on Martha's Vineyard in 2005, and 13 years later won the best novelette, Hugo, for The Secret Life of Bots. And Finder is her first full-length novel to be published. Wow. Uh, its sequel, Driving the Deep, came out in May, so she's got two of the trilogy. It's expected to be a trilogy out. Excellent. Um, yeah, I started reading it, and I'm enjoying it very much. It is, it is fun. I would say it's more than just about a repro repo. I always want to say repro. Reprogrammer. Yeah. Although I it is a little, like, bit repro- of, a little bit that too. Well, it's like, cause you want to repro steps for bugs mm, in software development. No, yeah. You want to so repo a stolen ship, repro steps of a bug. But then there's also a repo, which is an, also a different thing in software development. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I keep getting them mixed up and saying them, but he's a repo man. <laughs> But it, he's more than that. And in a he way, it, it doesn't feel like the first in a series. Like there's a lot of allusions to earlier things that happen in Fergus's life that I mm-hmm. think make it feel a little bit like a continuation. Like a couple of times in the story, I was like, wait, is this the first novel in a series? Interesting. Um, so I like I, I kind of like that way of world building where she doesn't. It's not all about exposition. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this person just happened to have page. a life. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. just this person happened to have a life before this part of the story occurred. And so you get glimpses into that. Yeah. We are meeting Fergus in the middle of his story. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no um, hero's journey in the beginning as mm-hmm. it were. Um, yeah. Origin story. You don't get the origin story of Fergus. There you go. Yeah. That's what I was right. looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's, I I'm listening both on audiobook and also reading on Kindle. So it's been nice to, to jump back and forth. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun one. I'm glad, I'm glad we picked this. I really enjoyed reading it. I would hesitate to call it light. I don't think it's, I think that damns it with faint praise. Uh, but it isn't serious. It isn't like apocalyptic with heavy themes or anything like that. Certainly, uh, light in in comparison to some of the other things we've read most recently. Uh, it's not shallow, I guess, is when I when I say it's it may be light, but it's not shallow. It's it's fun. The characters are deep, uh, but they're not heavy, and mm-hmm. the plot is going to go in places you don't expect. I mean, you're right. He's more than a repo man, and by the end, I've finished the book. By the way, ah, by the okay. end. He's a lot more than a repo man Ooh, is all, all I right. will say. Like the, his character grows quite a bit in this novel. And you will see by the end, 
that this could be a standalone novel in some mm-hmm. respects. Um, but I was really glad to be like, ooh, but now I want to know where that's going to go, right? Like, Got it's it. standalone in respect to the story that's happening in this book. Uh, but you're definitely left with some really interesting things to take you into the next one. So fun. I'll pro- I might Good. continue reading this. Who knows? I have, I have, ex- I mean, I was already excited to finish it, but now I have even more to look forward to because you've set up that, that ending so nicely. <laughs> um, so yeah, plenty of time to pick up on this book, folks. It is only October 7th at the time of this recording. So, uh, yeah, pick it up wherever you get your books Hey, before we close out, this didn't make it into the quick burns, um, but I did want to say congratulations to N.K. Jemison um, for receiving the MacArthur Genius Grant this year. Um, yeah, so that fantastic. Was, congratulations yeah. and well, well deserved. Very, very well deserved. So congratulations to Nora. Um, we're obviously huge fans of, of her works and just her as a person. Um, so, yeah, I was extremely excited to, to see this news when it broke uh, earlier this week. Uh, also, a little programming note, uh, as, as you may have heard if you've been listening, uh, Veronica has been infested with a parasite. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was planned. It is mm-hmm. a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, it, it, as far it, as we know. Well, hmm, that's a good point. Uh, have all had genetic testing. All indications so far point to human. Point to human. Uh, and she will uh, be expelling it or having it. <laughs> now it's getting weird. Okay, I just going to stop it. that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, she's having the baby in December, folks. That's what we're trying to say. And so uh, we're setting up a series of of, of guest folks uh, to come and, and, and not take your place because that just can't ever happen uh i've killed for less yeah at least Mm -hmm. at least fill in uh fill in uh for the times you're gone so um we're still we're still setting it up but it looks like uh first off the dock in december will be uh from reading glasses bria grant Woohoo! amazing and then uh because it's reading glasses and they're just too good uh in january we'll have mallory o'mara <laughs> and more to no, come after that that's, so stay tuned that's wonderful all right well the dogs have decided that it's time to swarm me in my kitchen uh recording space as it is they're the, like we're ants the meal time yeah it's it's like ants but much larger and with much bigger teeth <laughs> they're but trying friendlier. to get on your foot and you're like wait yeah friendlier so we'll wrap up this episode but thank you so much to you our patrons uh thank you so much to those of you who back our show if you want to help support us you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser yeah feed veronica's baby uh you can also support the show by buying books through our links find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. You can get in touch with us over on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And of course, join in all the discussions over at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.